We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app this hour of the mark reardon show is sponsored by gamma tree experts your trees deserve the best care call gamma tree experts It's Mardi Gras. Did you know that tonight? Huh. Mardi Gras. Well, we had one here over the weekend, <laughs> but it is in Louisiana. I saw Springsteen over the weekend. This is a great version of his song, I'm on Fire, from Born in the USA, by a band by the name of the Mudbugs. First of all, I love the name, and it's a great version as well. Hey, girls, home go there you go. A little uh, Mardi Gras music for you on 97.1 FM Talk. Um we have several things that I want to cover in this first segment, including some really interesting things that Fred dug up over the weekend in his basement, one of which, which item we were asking for for like a month now, and he finally found it. That's the yeah. high school graduation or the, the yearbook photo. But I have to play this uh, because Kilmeade's coming up. So on One Nation the other night, Fred, I don't know if you saw this, but this is a uh, defector from North Korea. Uh, Yanomi Park is her name. And listen to this conversation that Brian had with this young woman. Yanomi Park, she joins me now and why she fears there's not much time left for America to walk its way out of woke. Yanomi, great to meet you in person. Thank you for having me on. Your life in North Korea, going, having your parents taken away, you and your sister, you were nine and she was 13, uh, living by yourself, having to eat bugs to survive, escaping to China, finding a way to South Korea and then to America, and then you find yourself sitting in Columbia University. And what did you notice? They, all day long, they talk about how to destroy America. They were dying to dismantle the system. In what way? in the name of equity, equality of outcomes, want to be a socialist. So I was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, without capitalism, they cannot have internet. They are in, on their juice detox. Their problem is having too much food. And with, with zero gratitude, zero perspective, they were saying the enemy is a capitalism. Enemy is a white man. The exact same thing that my North Korean teachers told me in the classroom. Because they hate him. They told you in North Korea, America is evil. We're the problem with the world. And you're sitting in New York City, mm-hmm. and they're saying the same thing. Yes. Oh, my oh, goodness. That is, so, oh, it's that's amazing. We'll, we'll have Brian on. That'll be one of the topics here coming up. Um, Fred came in with all kinds of items today, though, Sue, before Sue's news. You got to check oh, this okay. out. What you got, so, Fred? So yesterday was such a, a wonderful day outside. I could go out into the garage, leave the garage door open, and just go through some boxes of stuff. Fred, as we know, has everything he's owned since the age of six. And I do. Yes. I think I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the first thing I found was something that you guys really wanted and I couldn't find until yesterday. It's my 1978 Roosevelt High School graduation picture. Oh, let's All see. Right? So All there right. You All go. right. Let's see what Fred, okay. Oh, let's see it. Not, 
I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it because Fred. Yeah. So here's the thing. He was going to show me, and I said, "Nope, don't do it." Oh my god, I love it so much. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, I you ready? Tell you, okay. I think I'm rocking a leisure suit. Oh, okay. well, you know what though? You look like one you of look, your sons. Yeah, well, right? really. Yeah, you I look like you look the like, Fred version of one of your sons. You look like one <laughs> of your like Noah, probably. Yeah, probably yeah, a little, a little bit, bit like Noah. So that yeah. doesn't. That's not as startling only because I've I seen Noah. It. A leisure suit with like the world's fattest tie. Fred and but th- sideburns that are sticking out into the yeah. But well, the what atmosphere. year was this though? Yeah, that was 70s, the time. Nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. Right. Oh, that, look at little Fred yeah. Bond. Oh, is that awful? Well, no, I love it. I love it. Okay, I also found a pamphlet or a booklet from KSLQ, 98 KSLQ. KSLQ. Oh, my gosh. Presenting the top 300 songs of the 70s. Yes. Wow. So every every song is in there, you know, a list of the songs. Wow. So if you look at the back of that, Sue, it says that, look at the bottom. See the, the names at the bottom? Oh, that made me happy. So Brad Hillebrand's name is on yeah, there. And I Mike sent Walker. that. I sent some pictures to uh, Brad, and he says, where did you get that? He was very inquisitive. Where did you get <laughs> uh-huh. this? Uh-huh. I said, I'm not going to tell you. We're going to talk about it on the air. And he, he was very concerned about it. So this might be top secret information. But it, no, it's just from Fred. It's just Fred. And one of the, open up to the back page. Phillips and Wall the with the morning show. Read that. Read the, there's a contest there that they're 98 KSLQ congratulates Lori Kreider of Fairview Heights, Illinois, who won virtually every record album to be released in 1980, plus a great stereo system, all worth over 20 grand. Wow. That's quite a contest. Wow. Yeah. Every album released in 1980. That's incredible. Fred, yeah. wow. And then I also found, and in pretty good shape, uh, Post Dispatch article from October eighth, the year two thousand, on Radio ninety seven one's new talk format, female radio. Wow! So it talks all about how they are um, the new talk format hopes to attract women listeners with a combination of consumer tips, controversy, and sex education. <laughs> that didn't work, but well, you know, no, it did yeah, not. Look at that. You have that like it's. It seems like it was somewhere it was protected. Well, it's he's not Fred. Yellow. He knows what's yeah. up. Right. I don't even know Diane Torlan. I don't even know that name. Torian. Torian. Right. Yeah. Look at that. You know what's interesting? I think the most striking thing about this is the fact that there's a newspaper I'm holding in my hand that actually seems to have content. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's I like do. a big. It's big and it it has I'm all kinds a of. Oh, look of this. at the lineup. Clark Howard. Remember Clark Howard? Nope. Uh, I do. I think I interviewed Clark Howard. He was kind of like a. Wasn't he more of a finance type guy too? Clark Howard. He Clark Howard had a voice like this, and he gave you <laughs> advice. And then there was Doctor Laura. Oh, good lord! Oh, sorry, Doctor Laura was such a witch. I have no. I have great Doctor Laura. You've heard my Doctor Laura stories. Yeah. Oh my god, I just hated her. And the feeling was mutual. Love Line was on there with Doctor Drew Pinsky and then Phil Hendry. But that was before this all switched over to talk. Right? Did, right. How long did well, that was, last? I don't know, but it was female talk. Wow. Well, not for long. <laughs> so I got to read that, but that's yep. fascinating. Fred, it, very interesting. I'm I'm taking a picture of your uh, senior picture. Yeah, I might tweet it. Well, the original plan, Sue, because I think you did you share one or not? Yeah, I did. Okay. I hate I it. Had, <laughs> so if that <laughs> makes you happy, but yeah. I had mine. Abby brought hers in. We had Fred and I think even Jane and you. We were going to do. I was going to do a bit of a composite. So maybe. Oh, all right. Abby, here's all right. here's the homework. All right. We're going to make sure that you get the pictures, all right? And then let's get Jane in there as well, and then we'll put a little composite for the Twitter on Friday. How does that sound? Sounds good. So then people can see oh, how goofy great. we all looked way back in the 1970s. And Abby from like three years ago, right? <laughs> I want, mine isn't the 70s. Come on. Uh, 
Well, mine's Yours the Yours isn't either. Mine's the But, I mean, let's face it. Seventies, eighties. What's the big difference at this point, right? These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now Sue's News, brought to you by Sue. Well, you know this commercial. Okay, it was ninety-two years ago today, in nineteen thirty-one. Uh, that this product was first introduced, and I'm telling you, this commercial was part of the fabric of the time that uh, Fred was in high school. <laughs> the beer and the burgers, the light and the noise. The three is still here with the boys. One of the uh, questions I have about this product, and it actually came up earlier, is d- does it ever did it ever work and does it work? Because I, I have think no it's idea. still around, but do you really think it works? Not a clue. No, I don't know. For acid indigestion, try Alka Seltzer Gold. Yeah, there you go. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. I'm telling you, in whatever form it was, could you avoid it ever hearing no. it? I mean, it was everywhere. And in 1931, that's when it was introduced. But here's what I found to be interesting. Juliana Margulies' dad helped come up with that tagline. Wow. Did you have any? I, I had no. no idea. I just thought that was interesting. Who, who, who did? The actress, Juliana Margulies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her yeah. dad uh, was uh, one of the ad guys who came up with that. Also, 75 years ago today, in 1948, NASCAR was founded, which brings up, uh, I guess, the, am I the only one who saw any of the well, Daytona the 500? Yep. How about Ricky Stenhouse Jr., that Fred? That was uh, quite surprised. He didn't even show up till Man. the end, just about. I have rooted for him since he was uh, uh, broken up with Danica Patrick, but that's a whole other story. But that was really <laughs> cool to watch. And 55 years ago today, in 1968, the minimum annual salary for Major League Baseball players became ten grand. Today, this year, the minimum, can you guess, Fred? You might know this. Um, 180000 Abby? I was going to guess 800000 500 Seven hundred, yeah, well, seven hundred grand. You weren't so far off there, Abby. So yeah, uh, uh, quite the difference from fifty-five years ago. You know, if you really in. think about it, Sue, radio salaries have really taken the same leap. Right. There's parallels there, right? Right, right. except because the other way. In nineteen sixty-eight, <laughs> a talk show host would be making probably five thousand dollars. Now they're making ten thousand dollars. So yeah. the leaps are the leaps are very ooh, similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Fred sent me this story. I had seen it. Uh, the Transportation Security Administration, well, that's the TSA people, says it's confiscated a record number of guns at airports in 2022. That's over 6,552 weapons. That's about 18 per day. And they were intercepted at uh, TSA checkpoints last year. Now, experts say nearly every case involved a traveler who just claims they forgot they had a gun with them. And maybe that's the case, but uh, I think you can really get... They say the penalty for getting caught with a gun, even accidentally, is really steep. They have a maximum fine of nearly fifteen grand. And I know Mark Cox forgot one time. He, I should have asked him to call in, but yeah, don't be doing that. I can't imagine forgetting. Right? But maybe if, if that's part of your life, I don't know. Now, according to The Hollywood Reporter today, also, the charges against Alec Baldwin and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the armorer from the movie Rust, have been downgraded. 
apparently both her lawyer and Baldwin's have been arguing loudly for this to happen. Can you imagine going up against some lawyer that Alec Baldwin hired? I mean, it's incessant. Apparently, it's just over and over and over. It's just a constant battle. So the second charge involved a firearm enhancement that has been removed, and that essentially eliminates a possible five-year sentence. So now the two of them, uh, this is both Baldwin and Gutierrez-Reed, are still both charged with involuntary manslaughter, but that's only a possible 18-month sentence. You don't think he's going to serve Look, any of that. I saw the headlines of this, like, this reduces the... Po- Alec Baldwin is not going to jail or prison for this at all. Okay, Do you let's think, just accept that. It's not going to happen. Are they having a, the one trial, or are they splitting them up? And in, in that case, do you think that she will go to jail and he won't? I think she has a much better chance. I do, too. Alec Baldwin is going to plead guilty to something that is even more reduced than this to say we yeah. accept some responsibility. And Hannah Gutierrez is probably going to do the same thing and then get a slap on the wrist. I don't see oh. that in an accident like this, prison time is going to resolve. I'd be shocked if that's it. And by the way, this, would, this would even kind of indicate it more that it's not going to with them peeling back yeah, the, the layers of this. It, it really would. Uh, I do have a story about Forbes magazine releasing its list of the highest paid entertainers for 2022. And the top spot goes to someone I did not see coming. So here, it's Genesis. Can you believe that? Here are the top 10 Genesis at $230 because... They pocketed that last year. They had the sale of their music catalog, but they also had that farewell tour and other revenue streams. Sting came in next uh, at $210 million because he sold his catalog. And Tyler Perry was number three at $175 million. He's the only actual billionaire on the, this year's list. Uh, then we had Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park, James L. Brooks and Matt Granick from uh, The Simpsons, and uh, poor Brad Pitt, only uh, $100 million. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crying shame. And James Cameron, only at $95 million with Avatar. Uh, but, of course, we'll see what that does in 2023. Uh, so not too shabby you for know, those Brad, guys. Brad Pitt's not a, a billionaire? Uh-uh. Kind of surprises yeah, me, a, maybe. It's a shock. And finally in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Okay, I think I had seen this somewhere, but I'm going to do it anyway. Chris Farley had a cousin named Jim Farley. And Jim Farley is now the CEO of Ford Motor Company and a board member of Harley-Davidson. Did you know that? No. (laughs) But there's an interesting tie-in, isn't there, Fred? Yes. There is, because he also has a brother. Is it Mike Farley? I don't know. I think it's his name. uh, Kevin. Kevin Kevin Farley? I don't know. What are we talking about? Kevin Farley. Kevin Farley, who's a comedian. coming to town, I think, this week, right? Right, and we're trying to get him on the air. Oh, interesting. Well, that'll be fun. We'll ask him about uh, Cousin Jim. (laughs) Yeah, we will. See what's up. And that's it for Susan. All right, there you go. We got uh, Mr. Kilmeade coming up. This story that he shared on One Nation on Saturday night, this North Korean uh, defector kind of comparing her time in North Korea to education at Columbia University, which is shocking, or at least it should surprise someone. We have that coming up. Kusumano, 445. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Simano coming up his regular Monday Friday visit at 4:45. I, I started the hour with this, and I, I tweeted out a clip from um, Brian's show, One Nation, on Saturday night with this North Korean immigrant, or I guess defector, Yanomi Park, who told this story about how this is shocking. Maybe it shouldn't be in this country in 2023. That her experience at Columbia University was not too dissimilar from her experience in North Korea. They were saying the enemy is a capitalism. Enemy is a white man. The exact same thing that my North Korean teachers told me in the classroom. Because they hate him. They told you in North Korea, America is evil. We're the problem with the world. And you're sitting in New York City mm-hmm. and they're saying the same thing. Yes. That's a hell of an interview, Brian. How are you this afternoon? I played a longer cut earlier. I mean, just shaking my head the whole time watching her. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I read the book. So I had two weeks to read it. And it's her second book. And on top of that, what I didn't include is she's in North Korea. She watches her family arrested because her dad was trying to do something on the outside, like sell some of the material they had. So he gets put in jail. The mom follows. The, 11, the 9-year-old and 11-year-old, she's 9, have to live on their own, basically live it on insects. Uh, the parents come out. They're not the same people. They were beaten. They were uh, tortured. They come out. They realize they've got to get out of there. Um, the father never gets out. Uh, they, they end up getting into China where they found out that the, they were being lured there to be sold as sex slaves. So you spend a few years there. They finally uh, get a deal to go to South Korea, which uh, she doesn't like. Her family says, oh, stay. She goes, I want to get to America. And she finds a way to get to America. And she's extremely bright, learns the language, starts excelling, gets accepted into Colombia. Uh, and she sees this, and she chronicles these lessons, which is not dissimilar from what Ron DeSantis has been saying we've been reading about. And she's astounded, and she's laughing at these people who feel triggered and are crying because she knows what she's been through in her life already. He's like, really? Because I didn't call you right right there, pronoun? Pronoun, they were shaking. Kids were to- so triggered. If you got a wrong pronoun, they'd had, they'd report you to the class. She was reading out loud. She's like, didn't even understand you know, she's learning the language. She's like, well, what is wrong about the pronoun? Aren't you a guy? She's like, no, I'm a they. And she just flipped out by this. And she says, I actually feel bad for them because they were legitimately having a breakdown when I would mispronounce what they were doing. It- so then on top of that, she goes to Chicago and she gets mugged. And then they decide, they go, when, and she identifies a person. And they say, when I get out in a year, I'm coming after you. She's like, I got to leave Chicago. And then she went back to New York. And that's when she finished off her book and came by. So I feel bad she was mugged in Chicago. You believe this woman? 
I mean, the the whole every time I think maybe and I've offered a little hope to the audience and maybe you and I have even talked about this over the last year where I, I feel like maybe we're reaching peak woke. And then you hear stories like this. And I talk to professors who have had these kids that have been triggered in their classroom just by reading historic words, like when there was those professor last week, I can't remember, I've talked to so many, where something was presented in a class that was referred to accurately historically as the words Negro and colored was, was in the document. Well, the students flipped out. They didn't like the word colored being in there because that was a triggering word. So you can't even teach history. Ron, Ron DeSantis is not trying to keep people from teaching history. It's really the woke people who don't want the accurate part of history to be taught because they are the word police at this point. I just so uh, there's got to be a little rational uh, in this country. At one point, at one point, uh, should third grade up until can you wait till third grade to teach people about gender and choosing your gender as if that's possible? And that's outrageous to Disney and other people, and that's sexist and uh, that's intolerant according to the mayor of New York. And then Nikki Haley goes, "Why are we wait till third grade? It should not be third grade. We shouldn't be talking about sex and gender in third grade. We should push it to like fifth grade. I learned about it. I think it's seventh grade health. So uh, you know, so this is the type of you're going to have culture and you're going to have economic and you're going to have foreign policy, but culture is going to be a legitimate part of it. It's not like I want a traditional marriage. Those are the good old days. Now it's where I don't think you can pick your gender. I don't think that we should be picking our pronouns." I don't think that uh, uh, you know. I don't think that you should be reading certain books with sexuality in them before fifth grade. That's not book banning. That's just saying I don't want my kids subjected to sexual talk until a certain grade. But if you want to be simplistic, and if you want to be sensationalistic, you say um, it's book banning. Well, and that kind of leads us. And I have not brought this up yet. This was a story I think I saw on Saturday and tweeted out. I'm guessing you discussed it on Fox or on the radio show. The uh, the word police with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda and Roald Dahl. Have you did you get into that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know Oompa Loompa was at a sexual identity. Uh, Oompa Oompa Loompa people, not Oompa Loompa little men, or something to that. It's unbelievable. They just they just destroyed this. Uh, this legendary children's writer's uh, book that went back in there, and they uh, and they they made it all politically correct. Puffin is a division of Penguin's Children, and what they did is they've changed language related to weight, mental health, violence, gender, and race, and they've been rewritten. Again, this would be a thing that you would think would be satire if you had heard this maybe in the past, but these days it's par for the course. The phrase enormously fat has been edited to just enormous. The uh, same phrase in the uh, 70 book, 1970 book, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which, by the way, was a great movie by Wes Anderson, um, has also been edited to enormous. There's other things like uh, Miss Trunchbull in Matilda has been altered from the most formidable female to the most formidable woman. I'm actually surprised they use the word woman, Brian. Maybe that's something we should be encouraged by, right? Yes. Uh, let's high five if I was in the <laughs> studio with you. I just, so, yeah, I did. I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I think there's legitimate talk. So if you go back and read a children's book from 1880 or something, and they're using the N-word to describe blacks because maybe that was commonality there, I think that there's something to be said for, you know, uh, adjusting that, especially if it's a children's book. So uh, I am, but when you go back and you talk about these, these farcical novels, for example, could you ever have Bill Cosby's Fat Albert today? No. I mean, no, you no, can't no. use the word fat. Well, for a variety you of know? reasons with Bill Cosby, but yes, you can't use the word fat. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a few either. layers there. <laughs> all, all right. Uh, all right. Let's, let's talk about—so Biden shows up. Did he go—I'm 
catching up because I did have the holiday off. He, he went to the Ukraine. I know he gave a big speech in Poland today as well. Any reaction from that? And didn't Putin give a speech today, too? Well, Putin's speech blamed us, uh, blamed Ukraine and our allies for starting the war, which, right, right, you lost me at hello. So he also said he's out of the nuclear agreement, the START II treaty, which he was violating anyway. So we have no nuclear agreements with anyone, but I don't really think that that's big a deal. I mean, Trump wanted out of that. He goes, guys, you know you're breaking it. You know you're not paying attention to it, so let's just tear it up. When Biden came in here, he called up Putin and goes, listen, sorry about the last guy. I want to keep it. Same thing Barack Obama did, remember? Sorry about that missile defense. I heard it's upsetting you. I'm going to take it out. Now, Putin never asked Barack Obama to take it out. But Obama wanted to reset the relationship. And what did he got? The invasion of uh, Crimea. So what did he get there? They looked at his weakness the rest of his time. When, when they do invade, you know what the U.S. does? Gives uh, blankets and MREs because we don't want to trigger Vladimir Putin. We don't want to provoke Vladimir Putin. What do we get? Another massive invasion a few years later. What we have to learn, and I think I could even pick this up, that appeasement and practicality has no role with brutal dictators who have not see nothing but weakness. And that's why we didn't arm these guys before battle. That's why he called up the left weapon, weapon shipment that was on its way from Trump in December he cut it off because he wanted to start anew with Vladimir Putin because he's not Donald Trump. And guess what we got? A massive invasion. Why? Because we show weakness, part of it. We show weakness in getting out of the deal with uh, Iran, try begging Iran to get back in the deal, their ally. And then we show weakness with Afghanistan. So now uh, Vladimir Putin, in a delusional two-hour speech, I think, uh, talked about how we want to take over Russia. We're, they're fighting for the utter future of their country. And um, our goal is to destroy him. That's why NATO expanded the way we did, because we want to ex- ex- destroy Russia. So the whole thing is farcical, which you got to look for is uh, China getting involved. And I'm all for arming Ukrainians. I know it's $113 billion. I get it. I don't think it relates to, uh, to East Palestine. I don't think it relates to the border. We fought wars. Vietnam, the most recent one, Iraq. You know, our, our economy basically surged in Afghanistan and Iraq during that time. You know, we, we were so good on the border that we were talking about comprehensive border reform, uh, immigration reform. So, no, like we knew the border could be better, but we didn't think it was going to – it's not collapse like it is now. It's not an either-or situation. So what, the, what Biden's doing is a, I, I have faith that the mission's right. The guy in charge is not. Austin's terrible. Uh, believe it or not, the word is Jake Sullivan is the problem. It's not even Vlad, uh, uh, Blinken. Jake Sullivan is slow walking the arms. Jake Sullivan is not bringing the tanks. Jake Sullivan's not using what the Marines promised. Take my tanks. We're not going to use them anymore. And Jake Sullivan's the one who goes, no, I'll make new ones. It's going to take a year. So Jake Sullivan's the one not pressuring all our allies. And he's the one saying we're not going to give F-16s. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, in the meantime, and I want you to weigh in on this because DeSantis is out there. He's not running for president yet, but he's out there talking about a bunch of different issues, including Ukraine. Well, they have effectively a blank check policy with no clear strategic objective identified. And um, these things can, can escalate, and I don't think it's in our interest to be getting into proxy war with China getting involved uh, over things like the borderlands or, or over Crimea. So I think it would behoove them 
to identify what is the strategic objective that they're trying to, to achieve, uh, but just saying it's an open-ended blank check, uh, that is not acceptable. All right, so reaction to that, I think what I heard you say, when, and correct me if I'm wrong, when, when you mentioned East Palestine, is there are some people that feel like the president is maybe paying more attention to the situation over there as opposed to here, some of the domestic issues. And your point was, well, you, you can run on several fronts at the same time, but what do you, you think of to. DeSantis there in, in that that's playing to I mean, people uh, I on his it, side. You know, he said something similar to us on Monday. And I'm going to be out with him March 8th. I'm going to be, he's got a book out, so I'm going to go back to his hometown with him and, and going to go uh, some, some causeway. I'm just getting the details. But he, uh, he's saying, listen, uh, you know, go and give someone a blank check. You know, it was interesting. Josh Rogan was on with us today. And he's in Munich, and he went, then he went to Poland. Excuse me, he went to Munich for the conference. And then he, after that, he came back to Washington. And he wrote a column there. I, I encourage everyone, it's in the Washington Post. And he said, nobody, you know, do you know what the Ukrainians don't want to hear? We'll stay as long as it takes. Because they know they can't last forever as long as it takes. They can't do a forever war. They don't have enough guys. And they beat them in every single battle. But there is 156 million Russians. They just mobilized another 200,000. And they're all terrible soldiers with uh, basically don't even have uniforms. And they're going to get killed eventually. But sooner or later, those numbers will overwhelm them because Ukraines can't replenish like that. So they got to win this year. So I'm for, I, I believe uh, DeSantis is right with that. But we can't do it. It's not a matter of doing a proxy war. You just ask yourself, is it okay for our enemies to destroy our allies? As long as it's not us, we're okay with it. Since when is that the American policy? I mean, to me, you have to. The people are so have so little faith in Joe Biden that they just instinctively say whatever he does is wrong. How he does it is wrong. How he didn't arm and got to get ready for it is wrong. But it doesn't mean the mission isn't traditionally in America's interest. We're destroying a thuggish country. He's everything that Stalin was. He's everything that Hitler was. If you let this guy take to Ukraine. You know what leaked out on Yahoo News today? His plan to take Belarus by 2030, and there's already fomenting a coup in Moldova. Do you think for a second he's not going to do the same thing as the Baltic nations? What nation is enough for you to say, I have to, I have to do something about this? I think the dogs are telling us it's time to go, Brian Kilmeade. They've had enough this afternoon. you have anything set for One Nation this Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I mean, just about the, the whole show is uh, just about the whole show is set. I think we're going to lead with uh, Condi Rice. We're going to have Pierce Morgan on. Nice. And we're, yeah, so uh, those two are, are locked in for sure. And um, and we're also working on Senator uh, Jim. Ju- we actually got a Governor Jim Justice going to come on and announce that he's going to take on Joe Manchin. You know, it's funny. I was never the biggest Piers Morgan fan in the past, but he, he says a lot of things that make sense these days, especially on the Royals and others. So I look forward to that. Mr. Kilmeade, appreciate it. We'll talk then. You hear him on the radio every day here on 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you, Brian. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
Well, I was going to say we, we do this every Monday and Friday, but it is Tuesday because we have the holiday. Oh, that was that was unfortunate that we had to take yesterday off, Sue, wasn't it? Yeah. But Frank Cusimano, did you work yesterday, Frank? Yes, sir. I know. That's the kind of guy that you are. Hey, I want to start with this because I thought it was awesome. So at the Genesis over the weekend, Tiger Woods gets to meet Josh Allen, or should I say Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback gets to meet Tiger Woods. Here's what it sounded like. Yeah, nice to meet you. Buddy. Take care of yourself. Oh, okay, thank you so much. Good it's very polite. They just sort of said hi. And then afterwards, I thought this was cool. Here's Josh Allen. What did it mean to you to meet Tiger and be out here today at the tournament? Um, I mean, a little starstruck, obviously. He's one of the only athletes ever. Him and uh, Kobe are the two guys that I actually felt my heart beat faster when you know he's standing over a putt for for a tournament like i legit felt the pressure with him so that was pretty cool um never forget it yeah kind of speechless that's pretty cool yeah so most people would feel that way probably even meeting josh allen these days and josh allen gets starstruck when he meets tiger woods i thought that was pretty cool yeah you know what He, he did change the game he made golf cool and he's one of the most important athletes of our lifetime and i think Every athlete feels that same way when they meet Tiger. I mean, he's up there. I would put him up there with, with Muhammad Ali, with Michael Jordan. He's, he's on a Mount Rushmore. There's no doubt about it. How about that tournament, though? John Rahm really looked great. I wrote down these names because they were all in the top ten, and this is going to be my master's bet, no matter what happens at the players of these other tournaments here in about a month and a half. John Rahm, Max Homa, Patrick Cantlay, Will Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa, all in the top ten. So those are my five that I'm putting down for the masters. We'll see what happens with that, Frank. I like Jordan Spieth, though, in Augusta. I keep an eye on him, too. That's a good. It's a good five, though. All right, so we're getting closer to some actual baseball being played down in Jupiter. Are you picking up anything about spring training as we head into uh, some games being played here? Well, just a really intriguing battle at second base because you think Brendan Donovan is going to be the guy because you have a 400 on base percentage and you win a Gold Glove, but this Nolan Gorman gives you something that very few players in baseball can do, and that's raw, unadulterated power. He hit 30 professional home runs last year. So I, I, I think it's going to be a great battle, and I think Nolan Gorman has, has got a good chance to win this, although a lot of people don't think so. I'm going to spend a little time on the Battlehawks in the next hour. My friend Chris Smith is going to be our Battlehawks correspondent. I did not see the game. I heard about it, and I watched some of the highlights. That was a pretty big thriller on Sunday, wasn't it? <laughs> It really was. They scored. They were down uh, by nine points. Actually, they were down 15, 12 to three with 140 to go. And A.J. McCarron, the former Alabama great quarterback, came through with some great touchdown passes. And Ricky Prohl's son, Austin, caught them. And then the embrace by Ricky Prohl with his son, Austin, was the best five seconds of the weekend. It was a father-son moment. It was just awesome to see. And do you know the rating for that game in St. Louis? Blew away the Daytona 500 wow. rating. Wow. That's amazing. Spectacular. Yeah. Well, yesterday morning, I walk into a gas station, the QT in Fenton. There's these two guys jawing about it, real excited about it. And I thought, man, if people, it's infectious. And I think people are getting into it. So I support it from that standpoint for sure. Uh, I was not terribly shocked that Mizzou lost to Texas A&M because I had seen them lose to Texas A&M the first time around. And Texas A&M is a pretty damn tough team. They, uh, they're back at home tonight. They got to win this game against Mississippi State because they lost to them earlier in the season. Uh, this is a key moment for the Tigers to not fall apart heading into March Madness. It really is, because if you do this, all of a sudden you may be on that list of last four in. And Texas A&M has a 6'11 center who killed Missouri the last time, 25 points and 11 rebounds. 
So this is a dangerous game. Mark, I got to do a quick yep, little live go, shot here, but I'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You so much. I wasn't going to ask him about Ryan O'Reilly getting traded, but at this point, you know, there's not a whole lot of interest in the Blues anyway, probably. Although, That's you know, it's funny. True. No, it's not true because they actually have been playing, yes. I think, pretty well, and I don't think you can count them out. But obviously, he had some TV work to do there. So we'll uh, we'll ask him uh, next time on Friday he afternoon. He is so right, Mark, about the Ricky Prohl and his Austin son. Uh, moment. Did you see that? Uh, I did. On the I replay? saw the highlights. Yeah, it was so cool to watch. Well, the one thing you know, I think we're we're trying to get our arms around this again. We'll talk with Chris Chris Smith, who's going to be our Battlehawks correspondent. Is super pumped up, and I think he said he watched the game like ten times or something ridiculous. Oh like that. wow! I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but what what happens in this particular league is the scoring is set up in a way that is creative and unique, and it gives you an opportunity to come back from what I think was a minute 26 mm-hmm. left. They're down by 13 points, and mm-hmm. they come back, and they win that game in very exciting fashion. So for people who want something a little different, and they, they don't, you know, I, I'm more of an NFL purist, if you will. No, I get I, it. I hold nothing against something that is going to catch on and people can get excited about. And I kind of like the fact that it's not the same game. Because uh, I think yeah. if it's the same game, then I would have more questions about it. But the uniqueness and the ability to you know, score a three-pointer, if you will, from a certain, I don't even know all the rules, but a certain distance from the goal, I think that's kind of fun. So we'll, we'll get with Chris uh, right about audio, whoop, audio cut of the daytime. Don't turn that up, turn it down. Those were the <laughs> buttons I was going for. There you go. It's, it's a Tuesday, but it seems like a Monday, so yeah. that's all. All I'll say. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.